Chapter Three, Part One of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Four by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: That the Son is not a partaker of life from any other, but rather life by nature, as being begotten of God the Father, who is life by nature. Fifty-seven as the living father sent me and i live by the father so he that eateth me he too shall live by me obscure is the meaning of this passage and enveloped in no passing difficulty but it will not entirely attain to impenetrability for it will be apprehended and got at by those who choose to think aright when then the son saith that he was sent he signifieth his incarnation and nothing else and when we speak of his incarnation we mean that he was made man complete as then the father he saith hath made me man and since i god the word was begotten life of that which is by nature life and made man have filled my temple that is my body with mine own nature in like manner shall he also who eateth my flesh live because of me for i took mortal flesh but having dwelt in it being by nature life because i am of the living father i re-elemented it wholly into mine own life i have not been overcome of the corruption of the flesh but have rather overcome it as god as then for again i will say it shrinking not for profit's sake although i was made he says flesh for this the being sent meaneth i live again because of the living father that is retaining in myself the natural excellence of him that begat me so he too who by the participation of my flesh receiveth me in himself shall live wholly transelemented entire into me who am able to give life because i am as it were of life-giving root that is god the father but he says that he was incarnate by the father although solomon says wisdom builded her an house and the blessed gabriel attributeth the creation of the divine body to the operation of the spirit when he was speaking with the holy virgin for the holy ghost he says shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee that thou mayest again understand that the godhead being by nature one conceived of both in the father and the son and in the holy ghost not severally will each inwork as to aught of things that are but whatever is said to be done by one this is wholly the work of the whole divine nature for since the holy trinity is one in respect of consubstantiality one full surely will be also its power in respect to everything for all things are of the father through the son in the spirit 
but what we have often said this we will again say for to say the same things though it be burdensome yet it is safe it was the habit of our saviour christ for our profit to attribute those things which surpass the power suitable to man to the operation of the father for he hath humbled himself being made man and since he accepted the form of a servant he spurned not the measure of servants yet will he not be excluded from doing all things with the father and he that begat him worketh all things through him according to the word of the saviour himself the father he says that dwelleth in me himself doeth the works having then given to the dispensation of the flesh what befits it he attributeth to god the father what is above man's power for the building a temple in the virgin surpasseth man's power but our opponent will again reply and in what other mode did the son reveal what he is by nature or how did he show clearly that the father is greater save by saying i live because of the father for if the father is the giver of life to the son who will rush on to so great stupidity as not full surely to conceive that that which partakes of life will not be the same by nature as life or that which is mighty to quicken to such things we too will array in turn the word of the truth and opportunely say the fool will speak folly and his heart will conceive vain things to practise transgression and to utter error against the lord for what can be more wicked than such a conception of the heretics how is not the deepest error uttered by them against christ who quickeneth all things since those most foolish ones blush not to say that he lives by partaking of life from another just like his creatures will then the son at last be a creature too inasmuch as it is a partaker of life but is not very life by nature for the creature must needs be wholly other than that which is the life in it but if they suppose that they may be the same let them call every creature life but i do not suppose that any one in his senses would do that therefore neither is the only begotten a creature but will be conceived of as by nature life for how would he be true in saying i am the resurrection and the life for life is that which gives life not that which needs to receive it from another just as wisdom too is understood to be that which can make wise not that which receives wisdom therefore according to you the truth will be false and christ will not be true who says i am the life yea and the brilliant choir of saints again will speak falsely uttering words through the spirit and calling the only begotten life for the divine psalmist is found saying to the father with thee is the fountain of life and the wondrous evangelist john in his epistles thus says that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes 
which we beheld, and our hands handled, of the word of life. And the word was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness, and declare unto you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. Seest thou that the psalmist speaks true, even by the testimony of John, when he says to God the Father of all, With thee is the fountain of life. For the Son was and is with him the fountain of life. For that the Spirit-clad says these things of him, he will again prove by his words. For he thus writes, and we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and we are in his true Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Then who, tell me, will any longer endure the trifling of the heretics? Or who will not justly cry out against their impiety? in daring to say that the son is partaker of life from another albeit the holy and god-inspired scripture says no such thing of him but rather openly cries aloud that he is both god by nature and very and the fountain of life and again life eternal for how will he be conceived of as very god who needs life from another and is not rather himself life by nature? Or how will he any more be called fountain of life, if he is holpen by another's gifts to be able to live? But yea, says the opponent, we grant that the Son is so far life that he too can quicken, as having in himself the living Father. Yet this will not suffice, most noble sirs, to exempt you from blasphemy against the only begotten but in this too shall your argument be proved untutored and every way falling to pieces for to have to say that the son is called life because he can quicken things recipient of life by reason he has in himself the father how is it not replete with unmeasured folly for ye know not it seems what by nature means or what being of anything by nature means as compared with so being by circumstances as fire is hot by nature and other things too are hot by partaking of its operation as iron or wood but not because they are heated are they said to be fire for they have an external and not a physical operation in them but our argument will proceed by means of illustrations in regard to ourselves too grammar for instance or geometry are held to be species of reasoning science but when any one becomes skilled in grammar or the other he is not himself conceived of as grammar or geometry but from the grammar that is in him he is called a grammarian and similarly with regard to the other so too that which is by nature life is something altogether different from the things wherein it is transfashioning to itself what is not so by nature when therefore ye say that the father is in the son 
as he might be in matter for instance in order that since he is life by nature he too may be able to quicken ye foolishly grant still that he is life and not rather participant of it from another yet by relation and not by essence called to the dignity of a dispenser thereof and as one would not reasonably call the heated iron fire albeit it has the operation of the fire in that it is heated from it or again a man skilful in grammar is not called grammar because he can lead others also unto the science so i do not imagine that any man of sense would call the sun life because he can quicken others also though he have not by nature according to them the being life but as from the engrafted operation of the father or by reason of the indwelling father for what tell me is to hinder us at last from conceiving of the son as one of us that is of corruptible nature if he live because of the father that is having received the gift of life from the father as they understand it for he would perish according to the analogy of their notions if he had not the living father in himself and if we confess that he speaks truly i am in the father and the father in me he indeed has in himself the father who is life by nature and is himself in the father though not life by nature i pass over the blasphemy though one must utter it to convict the fighters against god of their impiety for the father will be found to have in himself that which is destitute of life that is decay or a decaying nature for since the nature of the matter in hand compels us so to conceive of the son we must investigate further and go through various considerations since our aim is by due precision to refine the question you say that god the father is by nature life well so he is but he is in the son also for this your argument too allows i would now with reason ask you desiring to learn it what will he work in respect of his son being in him will he impart of his own life to his offspring as though he needed it and had not life of himself how then must we not suppose the son to be void of life that which is void of life what is it but subject to decay but he will not impart of his own life to his offspring for he is life even though he receive it not from him how then do certain unguardedly babbling still accuse him and say that the son therefore lives because he hath in himself the father who is by nature life for if he live also apart from the father as being essentially life's very self he will never live because of the father that is because of participation of the father but if he have the father the giver of his own life manifestly he has no life of his own 
for he borrows it of another and is as we said at first a creature rather than life and of a nature subject to decay how then does he call himself life for either we too may safely say i am the life or if this be no safe word for it is not lawful for the creature to mount up to god-befitting dignities the son knows that he is by nature life since how will he be the impress of the person of him that begat him how the image and accurate likeness or how was not philip right in saying show us the father and it suffices us for in truth one ought to consider that he that had seen the son had not yet seen the father since the one is by nature life the other participant of life from him for one will never see that which quickeneth in that which is quickened him that lacketh not in him that lacketh hence in another way too will he be untrue in saying he that hath seen me hath seen the father but he who loveth the pious doctrines of the church sees what great absurdities will follow their pratings let him then turn from them and pass away as it is written and let him make straight paths and direct his ways and look to the simple beauty of the truth believing that god the father is by nature life the son begotten of him life too for as he is said to be light of light so too life of life and as god the father lighteneth things lacking light by his own light his son and gives wisdom to things recipient thereof through his own wisdom and strengthened things needing strength through again his own strength so do he quickeneth things whatever lack the life from him by his own life which floweth forth from him his son when then he says i live because of the father do not suppose that he confesses that he lives because he receives life from the father but asserted that because he was begotten of a living father that therefore he also lives for it were impossible that he who is of a living father should not live as though any of us were to say i am a reasonable man on account of my father for i was born the child of a reasonable man so do thou conceive in respect of the only begotten also i live he says because of the father for since the father who begat me is life by nature and i am his natural and proper offspring i gain by nature what is his that is to say being life for this the father too is for since he is conceived to be and is one of one for the son is from the father even though he were with him eternally he with reason glories in the natural attributes of him that begat him as his own fifty eight this is the bread which came down from heaven 
not as your fathers ate the manna and died he that eateth of this my bread shall live for ever great saith he ought to be the effects of great things and the gifts of the grace from above should appear god-befitting and worthy of the divine munificence for if thou have wholly received in faith that the bread came down from heaven let it produce continuous life in them that long after it and have the unceasing operation of immortality for this will be a clear proof of its being the bread from heaven that is from god since we say that it befits the eternal to give what is eternal and not the enjoyment of temporary food which is barely able to last for just the least moment for one will no longer wisely suppose that that was the bread from god and from above which our forefathers eating were overcome by death and repelled not the evil of corruption and no wonder for that was not the bread which availeth to render immortal hence neither will it be rightly conceived and said by any to be from heaven for it was a work befitting that which came down thence to render the partakers of it superior to death and decay by undoubted proof again will it be confirmed that this was the bread from heaven that to wit through christ that is to say his body for it makes him that tastes thereof to live for ever herein too is seen a great pledge of the divine nature which vouchsafes not to give a little thing but everything wonderful even surpassing our understanding so as for the greatness of the grace to be even disbelieved by the more simple for with so wealthy a hand how should not the will to give largely be present wherefore paul too says in amazement i hath not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which god prepared for them that love him by little examples was the law typifying great ones having the shadow of the good things to come not the very image of the things as it is written as in the food of manna is seen the blessing that is through christ for the shadow of the good things to come was prefigured to them of old fifty nine these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in capernaum the most wise evangelist introducing to us the exposition of marvellous mysteries with reason attributes to our saviour christ the commencement of the doctrine thereof by the clear view of his person shaming the gainsayer and scaring off beforehand those who should come with a view to gainsay for sometimes the renown of the teachers makes the hearer more ready to believe and demands a more earnest assent on the part of the learners full well too does he add in the synagogue for the expression well nigh shows that not one chance person or two heard christ say these things but he is seen teaching openly in the synagogue to all 
as himself saith by the prophet isaiah too not in secret have i spoken nor in a dark place of the earth for he was discoursing openly of these things rendering their judgment without excuse to the jews and rendering the charges of not believing on him heavier to the disobedient for they if not yet instructed in so dread mystery might reasonably have deprecated punishment and pleading utter ignorance have undergone a lighter sentence from the judge but since they knowing and often initiated still outraged him with their unbelief how will they not reasonably be punished all mercy at last taken away and pay most bitter penalty to him that was dishonoured of them some such thing hath the saviour himself too said of them if i had not come he says and spoken unto them they had not sin but now they have no cloak for their sin we must then guard against yea rather renounce disobedience as the bringer in of death and look upon faith in what christ teaches as the giver of life for thus shall we escape being punished with them but he adds that christ had spoken these things in capernaum that he may be proved to have remembered accurately for he that knoweth both place and village how shall he fail in the relation of the things taught end of chapter three part one